How's it going, everybody? Aloha and welcome to another edition of Bose Football Final here at KHON2.com. I'm Rob DeMello and joining me, former University of Hawaii player and coach Rich Miano. And coach, we can cancel the national championship parade. The University of Hawaii football team suffered their first loss of the season this past weekend in Seattle against 22nd ranked Washington, 52 to 20. And before we get into the specifics of this matchup that took place on Saturday, what was your biggest takeaway? What do you think the biggest lesson that could have been learned by this Rainbow Warrior football team was against a very good Huskies team? To start fast. I think when you go on the road and you're playing a, an opponent that may be physically superior to you, has gr a great coaching staff, you cannot fall behind that much that early. And I think you saw the Rainbow Warriors play so well in the third quarter, which is indicative of their talent and how well they can play. But uh, they fell behind too early, and there was a, something on offense, something on defense, something special teams. I mean, they did not play well in all three phases in the first half. I think it's safe to say that that Washington team will be the best team the best collection of talent, the best coaching staff that they'll face all season long, right? Yeah, people talk about Boise State and they're good, but they do have a true freshman quarterback. Uh, it'll be a tough road game. But going into Husky Stadium, going against the Pac-12, going against Chris Peterson, going against the talent, the amount of three, four, five-star athletes that Hawaii has, to me, that's by far their biggest challenge this year. All right, well, one of the things, that, the storylines that came out of that game for the University of Hawaii was quarterback play. Both Cole McDonald and Shevin Cordero got into the game. McDonald, 22-35, 218 yards passing, a touchdown and three interceptions. Cordero came in in the first half. He would end up finishing 4 of 12 for 36 yards. What did you feel you saw out of the quarterbacks in that game? I think easily you can say three interceptions from Cole McDonald. Mm -hmm. That's something that you don't want to see. 4 of 12 out of Shevin Cordero is something you don't want to see. But was there anything that you saw in that game that told you that, okay, this is something that needed to happen? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, Cole had that one poor throw early in that first quarter off a dash series, and um, that was a switch comeback route where he got on the perimeter. He needs to place that ball a little more outside and a little bit lower, and that's a reception. But that's against a great defense. The second one to JoJo Ward, that ball was taken away from JoJo Ward, and that could be argued or construed as possibly a fumble. And then the third throw, he tried to force the ball downfield when they were losing, when they were trying to make a, a gallant effort on the comeback. But I saw a guy that graded out over 90%. I saw a guy that extended plays. I saw a guy in the third quarter that just moved the team up and down the football field. And I see the positives moving forward of Chevin being able to come in and hopefully give a spark, which he didn't do this time. But it's a great situation for Coach Rolovich, Coach Stutzman, Coach Smith, the offensive guys, to really have two really good quarterbacks, but I think this was a great learning experience and a tough venue. All right, obviously in the third quarter is when the University of Hawaii saw their most success offensively and defensively, making a couple of stops. They had, well, at one point between the second and the third, mm -hmm. three sh straight possessions where they scored. You saw that the offense went a little vanilla, for lack of a better term. They went to their base and they found success there. What does that tell you about their comfortability of this offense? Well, I think it tells you that this coaching staff can go into halftime and take that 12 or 15 minutes and really 
get to their players in terms of fundamentals, in terms of technique, in terms of alignment and assignment, and really go back, like you say, to the things that are successful, which is the short passing game, getting the ball out of their hands quickly, getting it into the receiver's hands, because those receivers all can make you miss. They have moved the chains methodically up and down. That's like, it's like most teams' running game is Hawaii's quick game, and they do that as good as anybody. And it goes to show you that third quarter, 28 plays offensively to only eight for Washington. They not only played well, they dominated a great Pac-12 team. And it wasn't like Chris Peterson's and his defensive staff said, hey, let's go prevent. They didn't substitute. That was against the first string. That was against a very good, well-coached team. But Hawaii executed. And that was the difference. And then in the fourth quarter, I'm telling you, when it became a two-score or 18-point game, whatever that margin was, there was nobody relaxed on that Washington sideline because Hawaii took over the momentum. They were doing things correctly on all three phases of this football game. They played better defensively and especially offensively. They were moving the ball. One of the big concerns heading into that game was Dayton Furuta not being available to this team for probably an extended amount of time. He had ankle surgery recently, and so now all eyes are on Miles Reed, Fred Hawley, and you saw Miles Reed have his breakout game, his most productive game as a Rainbow Warrior against Washington. He averaged five yards a carry. He had two touchdowns. He electrified an offense. He had the team around him. Uh, how comfortable do you feel with Miles Reed getting that load? Yeah, and you mentioned uh, losing Dayton Faruta, the captain, the guy that gets you those hard inside yards, the guy that's great in pass protection. He's a guard in the backfield. is huge. But you're right. Miles Bam Bam Reed proved that he could do this at Centennial. We saw flashes of this last year, but this was a breakout game for that young man. He's better in pass protection than he has been. He's electric in terms of fighting for those extra yards. He's strong. He, although he's diminutive in size, he's a tough kid. He has a lot of passion, a lot of want to. And I think you can win with Miles Reed going forward. All right. Defensively, University of Hawaii gives up over 450 yards of offense to Washington. Obviously, like we said time and time again, this is a very good Huskies team. But you saw those explosive plays. You saw those chunk plays. What, what did you see out of that defense, especially in the first two quarters? Because, yes, in the third quarter, they were able to make some stops, and, and you saw guys flying around. Donovan Dalton got in because of Corey Bethley being ejected in the first quarter. You see a bunch of other younger guys like Darius Muasau being forced onto the field because of injury. But what did you see out of that defense in the first two quarters that, that made Washington be able to move that ball at will? There was some penetration early by guys like Blessman Ta'ala. There were some good plays, and you could see that they could, they could compete on the same field. But what I saw was they were vacating the middle of the field in the passing game, and that's always an issue when you have to either blitz or manufacture a five-man or six-man pass rush to get pressure on the quarterback. But the quarterback was a veteran. This is a veteran offensive staff. They were getting rid of the ball quickly when Hawaii did try to blitz. And without a four-man pass rush, Hawaii's going to struggle in the passing game because the best pass defense is a pass rush. And I also think that the safeties have to play better. I still have very much confident in those two cornerbacks. And you mentioned Darius Morisau, and you mentioned some of these young guys, Kanai Picanso playing linebacker, and the ability for those guys to come in, I think, will help this team moving forward because those guys are good football players, and you saw, you know, especially in the third quarter, you saw the defense tighten down. The lack of pass rush through the first three games of the year, and obviously University of Hawaii with a 2-1 and one record, but going back to the lack of pass rush through the first three games, yes. how much of a concern is that, and do you see 
maybe other positions allowing that pass rush to happen? Or is this all on the defensive line where, hey, you just got to wreak some havoc? Well, if you had your druthers, I think you would try to find a guy from a recruiting standpoint. And obviously, you can't go to the waiver wire. This is not the NFL. There's not guys walking the streets that are 6'3", six, 6'4", six, that can really turn the corner. So you might have to manufacture a pass rush. And what I mean by that is you've got to bring five. You've got to pick and choose when you're going to bring six. And you've seen some all-out blitzes where you're bringing seven and you're playing zero man-to-man coverage across the board. But I also think that this is the best offensive line we might face this year, Hawaii may face. This is one of the best coaching staffs in terms of understanding how to slide protection, how to understanding how to get big on big, understanding how to, the quarterback to get rid of the football. So I think that Hawaii is good in terms of moving forward in the Mountain West Conference, and they'll get better and they're well coached, and we'll see some sacks by the D-line, and we'll see some four-man pass rush. But yeah, that's something that you have to have to have a good defense is to have a great pass rush. Well, the first chance that the University of Hawaii football team will have to improve on this Washington game is Central Arkansas at Aloha Stadium, Saturday, 6 p.m. It will be on pay-per-view, and keep in mind, Central Arkansas comes in as the 14th-ranked FCS team in the country. They're 3-0 to start the year, and they already have a win over an FBS opponent, having beaten Western Kentucky to start the season. Well, before we talk a little bit more about Central Arkansas, it's time to go to the mailbox, and we got some questions sent in this week to Bo's Football Final. If you have questions or comments that you want to use in next week's show, you can find me on Instagram at Rob DeMello or on Twitter at Rob DeMello, K-H-O-N, and you just leave those questions and maybe we'll get to them and the first question is a little bit about what you were talking about earlier about that defense the middle of the field being so susceptible to chunk plays how can that be corrected moving forward because through the first three games of the season mm -hmm. and really a lot of last season you saw the middle of the field exposed why does it happen how does it get fixed well, last year was kind of an anomaly where both safeties did not have one interception. So I always felt like the cornerbacks were, when you talk about on an island, they were literally mm -hmm. on an island last year. This year, when you look at what's successful in college football, it's the RPO game. So what did the Hawaii coaches do? They went to see Dave Aranda. They went to see some of these defensive coordinators that have figured out from a tendency standpoint to use that free safety on the RPO game. And when you do that, you're playing quick slants. You're playing the skinny post, and you're not giving the protection on the deep post for the corners. So that one throw that Cortez Davis had really good coverage, there was no free safety in the middle of the field. So Hawaii has to make sure that they guess correctly, and that's not going to happen all the time. But they also have to make sure that their free safety becomes more of a center fielder and he protects the middle of the field because I think even in long runs and long passes it's that free safety it's that center fielder that has to make the play give yourself a chance to play goal line defense all right next question head coach Nick Rolovich should he be concerned with the confidence of his kicker Ryan Meskel you look over the last two weeks five missed field goals but you look at those five four of them are beyond 45 yards or you know in, in this Washington game you saw him miss a 55 and a 49 are you concerned with Ryan Mesko's confidence a guy who last season was named most improved player by his team at the Rainbow Warrior football banquet and a guy that obviously his range isn't at 45 plus yet he's continually being thrown out there is there any concern there 
There's a concern because with kickers, it's more of a mentality. It, it's more psychological, and very few people know how to coach kickers. But it does look like his mechanics have uh, regressed, and, and I think there's something going on in, his, in this young man's mind because he was a very good kicker last year, the most improved, as you mentioned. So I think Nick has to be concerned with that. And you can try the Bill Belichick approach by, you know, being hard on the kicker. Uh, you can try being, you know, very positive with him. But it is psychological. He does have to get better. You know, Michael Gobriel, the special teams coach, does a wonderful job in terms of coaching these young men up. And I think that you can't give up on this young man because it could change tomorrow or it could become a psychological thing where you're going to have to go for it on fourth down and you might even have to go for some two-point conversions but it is a concern of Nick Rolovich because in the close games in the Mountain West Conference it may come down to Ryan Meskell and we've saw him win some games last year he might have to win games this year. Yeah what we've seen out of the Mountain West Conference thus far this season is that this is going to be a very competitive <laughs> yes. league season with the amount of Mountain West teams that have beaten Power 5 opponents and in some, in some cases you see mutual opponents and how they're doing against each other. So it should be very interesting here in the Mountain West Conference. All right, last question. I mentioned that the 14th ranked team in the FCS Central Arkansas coming to Aloha Stadium on Saturday. Our question being sent in is, who is the best FCS team that you've ever seen the University of Hawaii play? And, and of course, we can go as far back as you like to yeah, when yeah. FCS was called Division One AA. Is there a team that jumps out in your mind as far as the best that wasn't? an FBS program. Yeah, as a player, I remember in 1984, Cal State Fullerton, Damon Allen was the quarterback who went on to be a Hall of Famer in Canada. I mean, they were a team that just really shocked us on opening day, and we had a great team coming back, a great nucleus, and we ended up having a great season. As a coach, you, you got to go back to Florida, Atlanta, uh, Atlantic in 2004. Mm -hmm. even another State. season opener. Yeah, and, and that's Portland another State in 2000. State. So yeah. I, I think what you have to worry about or be concerned about as a coach is when you watch the film, especially coming off of a, a venue with 70,000 you know fans mm -hmm. and, and one of the best venues in all of America, and then you start watching tape on the opponent, and guys don't see a lot of people in the stands. They don't see the athletes that they read about on Twitter and social media. They can get overconfident, and you know the best thing that probably happened to Hawaii is losing this game and losing it decisively that these guys got to know that they've got to pick it up they got to play at another level they got to make that step and otherwise you can look complacency could set in and that's a scary thing when players think they're better than the opponent because these guys as we all know with the limited amount of scholarships in FC, FBS that they have athletes they have coaches they can throw the ball all over the yard they're throwing it 50 times again the good thing about that for Hawaii is they see the pass on a regular mm -hmm. basis, so you think defensively this should not be something new to them. You bring up 2004 Florida Atlantic. Yeah. You know, if you remember, that was the senior year for Timmy Chang and Chad Owens. That was supposed to be a really big season for UH. In 2003, they'd beaten Alabama. So uh, you're on that staff. Yes. So you're well aware. And uh, Florida Atlantic came in in that season opener and won in overtime. And maybe one of the best football players I've ever seen that didn't go to the NFL yeah. was their tight, tight end, end, Anthony Christinger Hill, yeah. a, a name that I will never forget. I mean, he had such a, an explosive game at Aloha Stadium against Hawaii. And then the interesting thing is that with Nick Rolovich as the head coach, you imagine that this Hawaii team will be a team that never overlooks an FCS opponent. And it's because in his very first start right. as a warrior, 
yes. was that 2000 season opener against Portland State where, again, coming off of a great year in 1999 where they won the WAC championship, the biggest turnaround, single season turnaround in mm -hmm. NCAA history, a new logo, new uniforms, the Loha Stadium got painted. It was the biggest deal, a sellout yes. crowd. Yeah. And then Portland State comes in and hangs 40 points on UH and, and I mean just the biggest rude awakening so I imagine with Nick Rolovich's head coach yes. that's something that'll probably never happen as far as a team overlooking a lower division right yeah and you got to block out the noise and you got to remember these guys are 18 to 22 years old and they're reading their own press clippings they're 2 and 0 they beat Arizona they beat Oregon State you know they're going up to Washington and playing one of the best teams in the Pac-12 and they're feeling good about themselves well at the same time it's why Belichick always says we're on to Miami the only, the only game that's important is the next day the only thing that they can control these are all cliches but is today's practice today's film study and if you overlook an opponent in today's type of football, you can see these momentum swings. Everybody has athletes, everybody has schemes, and everybody has ways to, to beat the opponent. So Hawaii cannot overlook anybody. They're not that good and nobody's that good. All right, the last thing I wanna ask you before we get out of here is, I mentioned it, the University of Hawaii football team is two and one. If you had started the season and said that they would be two and one after facing <clears throat> three Pac-12 opponents to open the season, I imagine that everyone would feel pretty good about yes, it. Yes. How do you feel about this University of Hawaii football team being 2-1 and one, but coming off of a 52-20 to 20 loss at Washington? I feel good because I think the resounding wins by Arizona this weekend as well as Oregon State kind of confirm the validity that Hawaii is a good football team. Those aren't two teams that are going to be seller dwellers necessarily in the Pac-12. I just The only thing that disappoints me is I know Hawaii is better than they played on Saturday. I know that they dug themselves too deep of a hole. I know the real Hawaii team is that third quarter quarter team. I know that this team, I've talked to coaches from around the country, when you watch this team on film Hawaii, you realize that they can beat you. They're explosive on offense. They're well coached on defense. It's, it's a travesty that they didn't play better because even if they would have lost that game and it was, you know, a one or two kind of a touchdown swing or whatever else, I think they could have showed the nation that, hey, this program is on the rise because it is. This is phase two and it is and they will compete for a Mountain West championship. I feel very confident moving forward with the leadership of this team and the coaching staff that they get, they'll get this thing turned around this week Saturday. The Rainbow Warrior football team against Central Arkansas Saturday Aloha Stadium 6 p.m. and it is homecoming so you'll be seeing a lot of your yes. fellow former bows out there at Aloha Stadium. It's always a great sight to see the alumni and especially with Nick Rolovich as head coach how he treats these guys as they are welcomed back to Aloha Stadium. It's always something quite to see and I might be able to see my favorite uniform the Ooh. green tops. Ooh. The green uniform is my favorite uniform. They haven't <laughs> worn it yet. You know, Nick Rolovich wears the black in the big games, and I think those those first two games got the, the black jersey treatment. Um, June Jones started that, obviously. Right. Um, but my favorite uniform is the green one, and, and I have a feeling. I just have a feeling that we might see it on homecoming. Such a traditionalist, the guy that was sitting yeah. in the upper decks when he was a young Red, kid and Red. watching football. And you know what? I think there are a lot of fans that are traditionalists, and they want the green to come back, and I hope it comes back too. But I'm so looking forward to see some of the guys I coached in the 13 years I was at the University of Hawaii, some of the guys I played with, and it's always great homecoming. Awesome stuff. Rich Miano, as always. Thanks, buddy. And again, Thanks. Saturday, 6 o'clock, Aloha Stadium, Central Arkansas. Get down there, support the Bows, and, 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 and enjoy the Aloha Stadium. But if you can't, then you can catch us on Spectrum Sports, the pay-per-view broadcast. Will be on Saturday with uh, 5:15 start time for mm -hmm. the pregame show. All right, I'm Rob Demello. This is Rich Miano. This is Bose Football Final at KHON2.com. We'll catch you next time. Aloha.